Why are we here this morning? What's the purpose of church? Or from a more global perspective, why are we here on this earth? What is our purpose? Well, believe it or not, the answer is the same for both of those questions. When I was in divinity school, my theology professor insisted that we memorize what is called the shorter catechism. Today, honestly, I can't remember any of it except for the first question, which is our question for this morning. The shorter catechism begins like this. What is the chief end of human beings, a.k.a. what is their purpose? And the answer, the chief end of human beings is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. That's why we're here in church. That's why we're on this earth, to glorify, that is to praise God. Now, praise is without question the major theme in the Bible. The most obvious places are in the Psalms. Several of them begin with the word hallelujah. Halla, praise, and Yah, short for Yahweh or Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Other Psalms, instead of beginning with praise, begin, interestingly enough, with lament. How strange is that? Why would we praise God when we are feeling sad and defeated? Our first reading from the book of Hebrews, this is called sacrificial praise. Through Christ, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. Now, let's be honest here this morning. There have been times in all of our lives when God did not come through the way we thought God would. The medical test comes back positive. The spouse wants a divorce. A child has gone wayward. The mortgage company calls in the loan. In times like those, we can't see goodness, and we start to believe that God has forgotten us. And praising God, honestly, is the last thing on our minds. So the biblical answer is to offer what is called sacrificial praise by laying our grief and our sadness before a God that we don't fully understand. When we offer a sacrifice of praise, we choose to believe that even though life is not going well, God is still good and can be trusted, or the Bible verse, through all things, God works for the good. So praising God is not based on our opinion of God's job performance. It is not a reward we offer to God for obvious blessings. Rather, real praise continues through good times and bad, connecting us to God and other people. And that, my friends, is why in the Judeo-Christian tradition, we stand up and sing hymns of praise at memorial services. In times of deep sadness and grief, we praise God. That's sacrificial praise. And when we do, we instantly become connected to God and each other, both the living and the dead. And the result is peace, a peace that passes all understanding. We experienced a kind of sacrificial praise two minutes ago when Stanley so beautifully sang, Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child, and it hit us in the gut because we've all felt that way before. So thank you, Stanley. And hearing this, we experience a sense of connection and a sense of peace. Finally, there are dozens of other spirituals and psalms that pull out all the stops right from the beginning. And of course, the finest example of that is Psalm 150. Every verse begins with praise. Praise the Lord, praise God in a sanctuary, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. And my favorite verse, 
Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. What do you make of that? You have heard me say this before. Breath and spirit are the same word in the biblical Hebrew. Hence, we breathe in the spirit of God and we breathe out words of praise. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you that this morning, this is literal. Case in point. In the Jewish tradition, it is a sin to say the name of God. In fact, it's the third commandment. You shall not take the Lord's, your God's name in vain. Now, most people believe this means never say God damn it, which is not a nice thing to say. However, the meaning of that commandment is thou shall not say God's name Yahweh out loud. So instead of saying God's name, Jews breathe it in and out. In fact, we all do. Without using our lips or our tongues, we breathe You know what that means? The first name we all breathe as we emerge from our mother's womb was not mama or dada, rather it was God's name. And that name will be the name that we say with our final breath. Hence, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. One of my favorite scientists and writers, Lewis Thomas, wrote a book titled The Lives of a Cell. And there's an essay in it called The Music of the Spears. And I love this. He writes, Somewhere is a continual music. Almost everything that an animal can use to make a sound is put to use. Termites make percussive sounds to each other by beating their heads on the floor. Bats produce strange, solitary, and lovely bell-like notes hanging at rest upside down in the depths of the woods or up in a church steeple. Gorillas beat their chest. Fish make sounds by clicking their teeth. Toads sing to each other around the pond. Even earthworms make sounds, faint staccato notes in regular clusters. Lewis Thomas calls this nature's symphony, the whole creation making music. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. What's our purpose in life? We were created to praise God however we define God. Now you might ask, what kind of a God would create us to praise him? In his little book on the Psalms, C.S. Lewis asked that very question. He writes, when I first began to draw near to a belief in God, I found a stumbling block in the demand so clamorously made by religious people that we should all praise God. And then he says, what kind of God would engage in that kind of pettiness? After all, we all despise the person who continually praises his or her own virtue, intelligence, or delightfulness, right? They get on our nerves. In fact, this kind of person is written about in the book of Proverbs. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips, so eventually, Lewis began to understand that there's a deeper wisdom to all this praising stuff, namely that there is something incomplete about us until we engage in the adoration, not of ourselves, but of God and each other. 
that praising God and others is not so much for God's benefit as it is for ours and others. Case in point. Years ago, I learned a universal truth that has never failed me. And I'm going to pass it on to you this morning. Whenever you are invited to someone's house for dinner or coffee or cocktails, here's what you do. As soon as you walk in the door, find something of theirs to praise. That's what a good guest does. That's what a good Judeo-Christian does. Find something, anything to praise. If the furniture and the wall color is, in your opinion, outdated or bizarre, no worry. Just find one little thing to praise. A painting or a photo or something as basic as a cast iron pan. Just one little thing. And I promise you, once you do this, you and your hosts are on the way to becoming besties. But don't stop there. Make it a point to praise someone at least once a day. Praise the checkout person and the bagger at the grocery store for their excellent work and watch them bloom. When you cross paths with a police officer, a firefighter, or a soldier, praise them as well. And finally, consider a little sacrificial praise as well. The next time you are face-to-face with a person that you have issues with, find something about them to praise. And when you do, you will see their psychological armor begin to fall away. Praise is powerful. It is the beginning of reconciliation and peace. Why are we here? We're here to praise God. And in our praising, we become fully human and fully alive. That's the whole point of church, and that's the whole point of life. And sometimes, sometimes, just like breathing, we are not even aware that we are praising God and others. Case in point, every summer, my wife and I sail our boat to Block Island. Now, the sunsets on Block Island are stunning, especially when you're sitting in a harbor with 300 other boats around you, boats with rainbow flags and boats with Trump flags, all watching the sunset together. And then it happens. The instant that big, fiery orange ball touches the water, all the boats start honking their horns. Little boats tooting small horns, mega yachts blasting big ones, a virtual symphony of praise. A symphony of praise to God for many believers. And for many others, a symphony of praise to an unknown God. Praise is powerful. It makes us whole. It connects us to God and other people. It is the beginning of reconciliation, peace, and finally joy. Stanley sang it best. Oh, how glorious is your name. I feel your presence in this place. Your spirit makes me whole. I can feel your warm embrace and all the joy within my soul. Oh, how glorious is your name. Let everything that breathes Praise the Lord.